Welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Welcome to the first episode of Season 8. Um, tonight's episode was entitled Winterfell, obviously, because Danny and John and um, the Dothraki and all the rest arrive at Winterfell. And funny story, if you haven't heard, but apparently DirecTV accidentally put up the uh, first two episodes about four hours early today. So uh, luckily I had not gone on social media and did not get spoiled. I hope the rest of you aren't as well. Now they're taken down, of course. But um, yeah, and apparently the streaming service had some problems as well. So I don't know. Um, one time I'm glad to have cable. So I'll get right to it. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the credits. I definitely did and was kind of excited that I did because um, they redid a lot of it. Everything was kind of covered in a white tile, I guess, to represent the snow. It was really interesting. And of course, we didn't really see Essos since they're not showing Essos anymore. <laughs> um, a lot of it was King's Landing and Winterfell and The Wall, uh, which of course, part of that is no more. They also revised the astrolabe, um, and it, I think the Baratheons were taken off, obviously we know why, um, but it showed more of the dragons and the Stark emblem, and I think it might have shown the Tarly emblem, I'll have to check that one out again, because it was, you know, a lot to take in. But uh, let's get started recapping the episode. So, of course, everyone is arriving at Winterfell, and this really harkens back to the very first episode of the series where um, King Robert Baratheon and his entourage arrive at Winterfell, except for this time, Jon Snow, who was King in the North, and Daenerys Targaryen are arriving with her army. Um, we see this little boy who's kind of running through, trying to get a good look. Um, he can't see over all the men and women, so he climbs a tree, which is very reminiscent of Bran climbing the tree to see every, or climbing the walls to see everything in the very first episode. Um, but they're in a village outside of Winterfell, and Arya's standing there as well. She's really excited to see Jon, and yes, I started crying like a little girl because I thought he was going to see her and jump off of his horse and go running to her. But he doesn't see her and he rides by. So I was a little heartbroken at that. Um, and so was Arya. But she was in a crowd of people. So it's kind of understandable. A lot going on. Um, Arya also sees the Hound. She sees Gendry arrive. Um, she smiles when she sees Gendry. So I think she's really happy to see all of those people. Maybe a bit um, unsure of how she feels about the Hound. But I think she'll like that he's back and he isn't dead yet. Um... And it's just, Danny gets a very cold um, reception. There's not a lot of noise. It's very quiet. And John just kind of says, you know, I kind of told you, Northerners don't trust outsiders. Like, don't take it personally. Um, then the dragons start to fly over, which scares the crap out of everyone. Everyone kind of starts ducking and running. And um, Arya just looks at them and she's just totally into it. And they fly all over Winterfell and they fly over Sansa as well. Um, so John and Danny get inside the walls of Winterfell. 
And John sees Bran, so he runs over and hugs him, and John's just like, I can't believe it, you're a man now. And Bran says, almost, which really just means, you know, I'm the three-eyed raven too, so I'm not really your average man. Um, and Bran kind of, Bran does a lot of staring in this episode. He is giving everybody the stare down. Um, so Bran just kind of stares at Daenerys for a minute and John asks Sansa where Arya is, but Sansa's like, oh, you know her. She's just running around somewhere. And then the introduction that we've all seen in the previews comes up. John introduces Daenerys to Sansa and Sansa is not too happy about this. Got a little bit of a cat fight going on here and she begrudgingly tells uh danny that winterfell is hers and uh bran is just like look we have no time for any of this guys i've seen it the night king has your dragon um he has viserion now he's broken through the wall he's on the way we ain't got time for any of this and we need to get going um which is kind of funny because then they go into all these different um reunions of a sort which is what i figured this episode would be about is setting up all of that but um sansa calls on all the banners to return she's trying to get everybody there they're still waiting on the umbers from the last hearth and of course i can't remember his name but um the little boy who is the head of the umbers now says well you know we really need carriages and stuff and wagons to help us get there and so they say you know you'll have everything that you need we'll get that for you and um, John says, well, the Night's Watch should just abandon the castles on the wall because clearly that line of defense is gone. So there's no reason for them to be there. We can use them here. So he's going to call all of them to Winterfell as well. And then little Liana Mormont um, stands up and basically gives John hell for not coming back as king in the north. Um you know, she's like, you left a king and you came back as I don't even know what you are now. And you, know, you bring this girl with you. But he says, you know, I'll always be grateful that um, you honored me by naming me your king. Uh, but Danny is an ally. Daenerys is an ally that we need. She's strong. You've seen her army, the men that she's brought. You've seen the dragons that she has. And we need them to face what we're about to face. So he says, you know, I chose to protect um, to protect the north and bend the knee. And then Tyrion begins to speak, trying to uh, lay the groundwork for a relationship, which isn't really working well since he's a Lannister. But he tells them what Jon did beyond the wall, how he, you know, took a few men and he went up there and got that white. And basically, you know, they were almost all killed um, in order to make an alliance with Cersei. So the Lannister army will be joining them too, which the North really isn't happy to hear about. But Tyrion's like, you know, we need everybody that we've got. We need to fight together. I know my family's crappy and they've done, you know, crappy things to you guys in the past. I'm sorry, but we've all got to work together. And Sansa just wants to know how they plan on feeding everybody because when she went through the stores that they had, um, a few months back, you know, she did not account for Danny's army and she definitely didn't account for dragons. And then she asks what grown dragons eat anyway, um, kind of throwing shade at Danny. And Danny just replies, throwing the shade right back, whatever they want. So those two are definitely uh, going at it a little bit, which um, I can understand where Sansa's coming from. But, you know, we all know Danny. We know she's a good person. John did bring a good bit of dragon glass, maybe not enough, but a good bit of dragon glass from Dragonstone. And Gendry is kind of um, overseeing the production of all the weapons that are going to be made out of that. 
And after that big um, powwow, everybody's kind of walking around Winterfell, getting things ready. And Tyrion sees Sansa, cause, so he goes to speak to her. And they joke a little bit about Joffrey's wedding. Um, you know, Sansa's like, yeah, it had its moments. And she apologizes for leaving the way she did. But Tyrion says, hey, well, we both survived and got through it. We're here now. And Tyrion said that um, everybody underestimated her and all of those who did are, are mostly dead now. Um, he knows she isn't happy about the Lannisters and Sansa says, you know, I don't know why you trust your sister. I don't trust her. She's not going to send her army. She is going to betray us. And um, he says, well, you know, she has something to live for now, which is alluding to Cersei's pregnancy, which I'm sorry, is a total sham, total sham. I do not believe it at all. And uh, Sansa just says, well, you know, I used to think you were the cleverest man alive. And then she walks away. And then, of course, what happens? But Bran looks down and I mean, Tyrion looks down and Bran is staring at him. Then we cut to John. He's in the Godswood and Arya sneaks up on him. He's surprised. He doesn't know how she did that. But of course they run and hug and I cried like a little girl again because, oh my God, we've been waiting, you know, eight seasons for this. Um, and she, so she shows him she still has needle and he asks her if she's used it. And she says, well, once or twice, which, you know, we know she's used it a lot, but she doesn't have to get in all that right now. So then he shows her long claw. And uh, he asks where she was before because he said he needed her help with Sansa. And he says that Sansa, um, he says that Sansa thinks she's the smartest person in the world now. And Arya said, well, she's the smartest person I've ever met. Um, and of course, John is surprised to hear her defend Sansa. And she says, look, she's defending our family and Sansa is our family. And then John says, well, you know, don't forget I'm family too. And she says, yeah, don't forget that. Dun, dun, dun. Because we're going to find out that, you know, well, we already know, but John's going to find out he's a Targaryen. Uh, so then we go to King's Landing and Kyburn tells Cersei that the dead have broken through the wall. And she says, well, good. Because, you know, she thinks that in classic Cersei style that, you know, they're just going to kill all of her enemies. And then I don't know how she thinks that she's going to kill them, but whatever. I don't know. She just is a mean, hateful, you know what? Um, Euron comes back. He's got the golden company. He still has Yara and, uh, he talks to Yara on a ship. She says, I don't understand why you don't just kill me. Why are you keeping me around? And he says, well, you know, your family, you're the only one I've got to talk to. And of course, all of his crew are mutes because he cut all their tongues out. And uh, she figures out they're back in King's Landing and she tells him, Euron, that he picked the losing side. And he says, well, I'll just sail the fleet somewhere else. But, you know, first I'm going to have relations with the queen. Um, the, the commander of the Golden Company, I forget what his name is. It's not the same person in the book, of course, but um, is presented to Cersei. The Golden Company does not have any elephants because they couldn't bring them over on ship. I don't know. I don't get that. Um, but they only have 20,000 men and they have 2,000 on horseback. Um, so compared to Danny and John, she doesn't really have that many men. I don't know how many she has left with the Lannister army that she's not going to send north. But um, yeah, not really seeing how they're helping her. But I guess uh, every little bit helps. So Euron wants to talk to Cersei in private 
And she says, you know, after the war, you can go get a whore if that's what you want, but you have to earn a queen. And he asks her how, but, you know, she just says he's insolent and she's executed men for far less. And he says, well, they were lesser men. And she walks away from him, but then she stops and turns back and urges him to come with her. And they have sex because again, people, she is not pregnant by Jamie. She's got to get pregnant to cover her lie. She needs an heir. Um, she sends Kyburn to find Braun and he is with some prostitutes who can only talk about dragons and all the men that came back that were burned up by dragons. Um, and Kyron says, look, Cersei will give you gold. She's going to give it to you now, but you need to murder her treasonous brothers if they survive from their adventures in the North. And uh, she gives him, or not she, but um, Kyburn gives him the crossbow that Tyrion used on Tywin Lannister. And Bronn takes the crossbow, so we don't know if he's really going to do what she wants. I mean, he has no relationship with Cersei outside of Jaime and Tyrion. And I'm hoping that he won't um, turn on them, but I don't know. This is Bronn. Bronn likes gold. So after Euron and Cersei get it on, they have a little pillow talk, not on the pillows, but Euron asks how he compares to the Fat King, talking about Robert Baratheon. Cersei says, well, you know, it's funny because he had a different whore every night, but he did not know his way around a woman's body. Um, and then he says, well, what about the Kingslayer? And she says, well, you know, you enjoy risking your neck. And he says, look, life is boring. And, you know, I'm not and you're not. And she says, you know, you're the most arrogant man I've ever met, but I like that. And then she sends him away and he says, I'm going to put a prince in your belly. And I really wanted her. He left the room. I thought she was going to say, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Something like that. She didn't say anything, but I'm telling you guys, she's trying to cover up her lie. Just don't believe that she's pregnant by Jamie. Um, Theon manages to rescue Yara while Euron's busy having sex with Cersei. Um, and once he cuts her loose, she knocks him in the head for deserting her, but then she helps him back up and they talk about what to do next. And she says, well, you know, we need to defend the Iron Islands. We can take them now because Euron's here. And then we have it in case Danny and her army need to fall back somewhere and hide because the whites can't cross the water. And, you know, he says, well, you're my queen. I go where you command. But she can tell that Theon wants to go to Winterfell and fight for the Starks. And she says, you know, go do that. Do what you need to do. And then she said, they both say, what is dead may never die. But then she says, but kill the bastards anyway. Kind of making a joke about the Whites and the White Walkers. More people are arriving at Winterfell, you know, since all the banners have been called. The Karstarks have arrived and uh, Davos is talking to Varys and Tyrion. And he says the Northmen are loyal to Jon and the Wildlings are loyal to Jon. And from what he's seen in his short time in the North, they're all as stubborn as goats. So Daenerys is really going to have to earn their respect and loyalty. So Davos proposes that John and Daenerys get married. Um, but Vera says she doesn't think that they'll listen to old men because, you know, old men just remind them that nothing lasts. So they look at Danny and John who are talking and Danny, you know, can tell that Sansa doesn't like her. She kind of brings it up with John and, uh, John's like, well, you know, she just, she doesn't know you and 
she says, well, you know, we don't have to be friends, but I'm her queen and she needs to respect me. And then some of the Dothraki come and tell her that her dragons are not really eating a lot. Um, so Danny and John go and visit the dragons. Um, and she says it's because they don't like the North. It's cold. They're not used to it. And they, um, so Danny and John get to where Drogon and Rhaegal are. Um, and Danny just climbs up on Drogon and she tells John, she's like, yeah, just climb up on Rhaegal. It'll be okay. Don't worry. John's kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know how to ride a dragon. Where am I supposed to hold on to? Like what happens if he doesn't want me to ride him? And Danny just says, well, you know, then it's been nice knowing you. Um, but John climbs up on Rhaegal and Rhaegal flies off and we finally get to see John ride one of these dragons, which we all, you know, knew and pray and hoped was going to happen. Um, and they fly all over the North. It's just crazy. Um, but I really hope the one thing I really hope is that we're going to still see ghosts this season. I mean, I know we had to spend a lot on dragons and white walkers, but I don't want ghosts to just be sitting in a room. I still want him and John to have some kind of relationship. I don't know. Perhaps he can protect Sansa because Sansa has no fighting skills, but I still want to see him around, even though I'm so glad that John has had his first ride on a dragon and will most likely continue to do so. But they fly all over Winterfell. I mean, Varys and the others, um, I I'm pretty sure they saw him riding Rhaegal and uh john <laughs> is his first time so he's about to slip off a few times he's really got to learn how to control the dragon and hold on um but they fly around the north for a little while and they finally land in front of this beautiful waterfall which i don't know how but john always finds these nice waterfalls and caves to bring his women to um and they kiss but john's a little out of sorts because the dragons are just staring at them she tells him not to worry about the dragons Daenerys does but they just are staring at him like oh this is so cute we've been waiting so long for you guys to get together mommy and daddy are together now yay um but it's it's really cute um Gendry's busy down in the uh, lower parts of Winterfell, wherever the smithy is, and he's getting all of these dragon glass weapons ready. So Arya comes, uh, the Hound actually, sorry, comes and uh, he gets this weapon that Gendry made him. It's a dragon glass axe, which is really cool. And Arya comes up and the Hound sees her and he starts giving her crap for leaving him to die. And he calls her a cold little biatch. And, uh, says that's why she's still alive though and then she and Gendry reunite he starts making fun of her calling Milady and Lady of Winterfell and she asks for the special weapon to be made she gives him a drawing I couldn't see it really well it looked like some sort of spear that um that screws apart I don't know I have to look at it better if anybody knows I, I'll just have to read up more on that but she asked for a special weapon to be made out of the dragon glass and he wants to know why because she has this valyrian steel uh, dagger then we see Sansa she's reading a note that just came by Raven Lord Glover from Deepwood Mott has changed his mind he is abandoning the oath he's not going to come he's going to keep all of his people at deepwood mott i mean this is the same one that told john and sansa oh well i'm gonna fight with 
um, Ramsey, sorry, even though, you know, I've always kept my oath to the Starks, gonna fight with Ramsey, oh, now, oh, John, you're king in the north, oh, wait, now, oh, no, you, you brought this Targaryen back, so now we're gonna, um, go against our oath once again, and Sansa gets mad, she's like, look, it's because you abandoned your crown, and John's like, the titles don't matter, we needed Daenerys, we need her dragons, we needed her army, and he's, he asks Sansa if she has any faith in him, and she says, you know, I do, and he says, Daenerys will be a good queen for all of us, she is not her father, and Sansa says, yeah, she is much prettier, and then she asks if he bent the knee to save the North or because he is in love with Danny and the scene cuts out. And Daenerys and Jorah are walking around. They're in the library at Winterfell. So, of course, they run into Samwell Tarly and she came to meet him because he's the one that saved Sir Jorah and she wants to give him a reward. So he jokes and he's kind of like, well, you know, I could use a pardon because I borrowed a few books from the Citadel Library and I also stole the sword from my uh, family. And he mentions his last name. And of course, then she remembers Randall and Dickon Tarly. And she tells Sam that she asked his father to bend the knee and he refused. So he's now dead. And Sam says, oh, well, you know, okay, I guess that's kind of sad, but at least now I'll be able to go home and visit because my brother's Lord now. And she tells him, well, yeah, um, this is awkward. Sorry, but your brother stood with your father and he wouldn't bend the knee either. So he's dead too. Um, and that kind of gets Sam a little bit because he did love his brother. And so he gets a little emotional and he asks, um, you know, if he can leave her presence. And she says, yes. And uh, she says, you know, well, th I mean, he says, well, thanks for telling me. And uh, then he goes outside and who is staring at him but Bran. <laughs> so he goes over to Bran and is like, what are you doing out here? And Bran says, I'm just waiting for you. You need to tell John the truth. And John trusts you more than anyone, so I need you to tell him. So John's down in the crypts. He's visiting Ned. And Sam, I don't know if he was just uh, sneaking up. Not sneaking up, but if he was just waiting for John or what. But of course, he falls, makes this big racket. So John finds him. He's like, what are you doing here? And... Sam says, because, um, you know, he hasn't seen him yet since he's been at Winterfell. There's just so many people there that all of these people haven't caught up yet. But Sam asked John if he knew about Danny executing his father and brother. And, of course, John didn't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of things they don't know. Like, Danny doesn't know about Gendry. There's still a lot of unspoken stuff. Um, but John says, you know, he's really sorry, but they need to end the war. And Sam asks if John would have done the same thing. And John's like, look, I've executed men who have not followed my orders. And Sam says, yeah, but you've also been like a benevolent ruler. You've let people go. And um, Sam's just like, look, you've always been a king. And you're the king of the bloody seven kingdoms. And John just is like, you know, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And Sam says, look, Brandon and I figured this out. Your mother was actually Lyanna Stark, and your real father was Rhaegar Targaryen, and you've never been a bastard. You were legitimized because um, Rhaegar's marriage to Elia Martell was annulled. 
And John just can't believe this because he's like, you know, look, my father was Ned Stark, the most honorable man in the world. He would never have lied about this. And Sam says, you're, you know, Ned promised Lyanna to protect you because Robert would have murdered you and you're actually Aegon VI. And John just like, you know, it says Danny's the queen, but Sam says, you know, maybe she shouldn't be. And you know, he says, you gave up your crown to save your people. And, you know, is that something Danny would do or Daenerys would do? Or is she just gonna, you know, keep going because she thinks it's her right? So John's completely been thrown for a loop. He just doesn't even know what to think now. Um, so then we see Tormund and Beric. They're somewhere up north, which ended up being the last hearth um, where the Umbers are. And they come upon this castle and it's just, there's dead bodies. Everything's deserted. You can see that there was some kind of fight there and everything's dark. Um, but Beric walks into the darkness in the hallways. And so of course, Tormund's like, okay, well, I guess I have to too, because I can't let this dude show me up. Um, they're walking through the hallways and they start to hear something in the dark. So of course they think that it's the Night King and his armies because they've obviously been there. And, uh, Tormund just runs out into it and <laughs> he runs into Dolores Ed and Ed cries out, watch out, watch out. He's got blue eyes. And Tormund's like, I've always had blue eyes. And then they realize who he, each of them are. Um, and they find the little umber boy and he's pinned up to the wall and there are all of these arms and hands that are in a spiral shape around him that we always see to do with the white walkers and they are just like okay he's been here we're in trouble this is a message from the night king we've got to get to winterfell and Ed says, well, you know, we have horses. And Tormund's like, good, because we need, if your horses make it, if we can ride them hard and everything and get to Winterfell, we got to get there before the Night King to warn them. And as they're talking about this, the little Lord Umber just wakes up and starts screaming and making noises because he's a white. And so they burn him and just the whole spiral lights up. And last but not least, Jamie arrives at Winterfell because, of course, he's got to tell them all that his sisters the see you next Tuesday and the Lannister army is not coming. Um, but before he can do that, he gets off his horse and looks around and who's staring at him, but Bran. And he's completely surprised to see Bran alive and at Winterfell. And this is just like, this is one of the most, uh, crazy reunions I think that can happen this season. I mean, just, yeah. What do you say to somebody that pushed you out of a tower and tried to kill you? I don't know. That's a little strange and awkward. But uh, that wraps up the first episode. And, you know, again, I wasn't surprised. We knew this one was only going to be about an hour. Um, some of the other ones, I believe, are going to be between 80 and 90 minutes. So a lot more action, I think, coming up. Um, we kind of had to get to all these hello, how are you, nice to meet you kind of things. And um, I think it's, it's going to be one heck of a last season. And I think we're going to be happy and sad and all kinds of different emotions at the same time. I just, I don't even know what to expect, to be honest with you. I'm trying not to expect anything because I, no matter what, you know, a lot of people are going to die. This is, it's definitely going to be a bittersweet ending. So um, stay tuned next week. I'll have my next podcast out for episode 802. Um, I haven't seen the name of it yet, but hopefully 
Um, those will come out soon and hopefully <laughs> we won't get any spoilers because it won't be out on direct TV early. Hopefully people will get their stuff together. But anyway, uh, thanks for joining me. See you next time. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook. And it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, so thanks for listening to my podcast, and I will see you next week.